This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. WBBM News Time 1203. Great to have you with us for the Tuesday edition of the Noon Business Hour. I'm Cisco Cotto. The Noon Business Hour is presented by Republic Bank of Chicago. Coming up in our next segment, Amazon reportedly finalizing a deal to buy the MGM Movie Studio later in the show. 1239 Travel Tuesday. If you don't want to get on a plane these days, there are plenty of great road trips you can take this summer. Right now, the report on home prices is out in the latest reading of Consumer Confidence. We're joined by Gus Fauché, Chief Economist at PNC Financial Services based in Pittsburgh. Gus, let's begin by talking about these home prices. Just how much higher were they? Um, yeah, so they're up about 12 or 13 percent from, from one year ago. Uh, that's a combination of very low mortgage rates, very strong demand for home ownership, and then also just a limited supply of both new and existing homes out there, and that's leading to bidding wars and, and higher prices. And yeah, so the bidding wars, I guess that raises the question, can these higher prices be sustained or as you get more supply or, or maybe fewer buyers, will the prices inevitably start going down again? I don't think they're going to go down, but I think we're going to see much slower house price growth through the rest of this year and then in 2022. Uh, certainly, the higher prices are acting as a deterrent to some home buyers, and, and that's what high prices do. Uh, we have seen uh, slower sales of both new and existing homes in, in April, uh, and so uh, I think that that's going to weigh on demand, and, and then higher mortgage rates as well may uh, may weigh on, on sales somewhat. So uh, I think we'll see slower price growth, but, but given the, just the lack of housing out, there, the lack of supply, uh, I would be very surprised to see outright declines in house prices anytime soon. Higher prices in housing are really interesting because it certainly makes people think about selling, right? Like, oh man, if I can get top dollar, maybe I'll sell now. The problem is they then have to go and pay higher prices somewhere else. That's right. Or maybe they go and they rent an apartment for a few years and then decide to move back into the housing market. Um, we've had a very low level of home building really since the, the recession, you know, 12 years ago. Uh, and so that's uh, limited, that limited supply of new homes that we've put up has, has made it more difficult. Uh, but it's going to take some time for all of that to work out. Let's talk about consumer confidence. What was the reading looking like here in May? Um, so we saw this slight decline in consumer confidence from, from uh, April to May. Uh, buying plans for things like homes and, and autos were down slightly. On the other hand, there was a big improvement in labor market indicators. A lot more people said jobs were easy to get than jobs were hard to get. Uh, that bodes well for the job market going forward. So strong, not quite as strong as it was in April, uh, but I think that we will see uh, some improvement there as, as people continue to spend and feel more comfortable going on vacation, going out to eat dinner yeah just how i mean maybe the connection isn't that tight but but just how is the connection with confidence in people spending money especially we haven't really uh, come out of a pandemic like this before but people need to be spending money 
That's right. And households have saved more than $2 trillion over the past year or so between the stimulus payments and extra unemployment insurance benefits, and then just the limited ability spend to spend. You haven't been able to go out to dinner. You haven't been able to go on vacation. Uh, so households will be looking to spend that going forward. And in particular, they're going to be spending a lot on services. We've already bought a lot of goods over the past year. We're going to be looking to do things like go on vacation, uh, go to concerts, go to sporting events, go out to dinner, and there's a lot of money out there that households will be spending down gradually over the next few years. Thanks so much, Gus Fauché, Chief Economist at PNC Financial Services. Just ahead, why a top retailer is buying a movie studio. Amazon is looking to expand its base of content by acquiring MGM Studios. We welcome Tuna Amobi, media and entertainment analyst at CFRA based in New York. Uh, Tuna, I mean, it's got to be a significant media library here. Is that what Amazon's looking for? Good afternoon, uh, Cisco. Uh, Indeed, I think this deal really highlights um, how the content arms race has uh, intensified and become another catalyst for industry consolidation. We saw uh, the Time Warner and Discovery deal uh, just recently, so that this is just another affirmation of the value of content and, and the rat race that all of these companies are looking to scale up significantly and become uh, potentially uh, formidable players in this evolving streaming video landscape. What's interesting about a deal like this is if you're Amazon, Netflix, any of these places, and they're producing original content, there's no, we just don't know yet whether that content has staying power, you know, whether people are going to want to watch it over and over again. And yet with a studio like MGM, you know, some of this content has already stood the test of time. Indeed. Um, you know, and there's no question that content, the value of content has been recalibrated um, due to streaming. Uh, so you're absolutely right. No one really knows uh, the staying power. In some respects, if you're not talking about, you know, well, well-known franchises like James Bond uh, or Pink, Pink Panther, everything else that these companies are investing heavily in some ways uh, is kind of a, a shot in the dark. That being said, the $9 billion valuation, which Amazon is going to be reportedly paying for MGM, which is a studio that not too long ago was actually uh, valued at perhaps uh, under $5 billion, uh, you know, it's a little bit of a head scratcher. But again, Amazon, with this deal, has thrown the, uh, you know, the playbook out of the window. We're not talking about monetization through the traditional theatrical or home video channels. They're talking about purely... Uh, a studio that's going to help them to bolster their prime video uh, streaming platform and hope that these customers are going to stay on the platform and buy more uh, merchandise. And in some respects, it's a play between uh, subscriptions uh, and e-commerce. And that's really what this, uh, this, what makes this deal very unique. I'm wondering if MGM in Amazon's estimation is worth a little more because uh, you know, they need to get them before someone else takes them in these streaming wars. That's a very good point. Uh, I mean, they just kind of, I mean, I know they've been kicking the tires, Amazon, uh, and a lot of other um, other assets out there. Um, and, you know, right now, the way the landscape, it's, it's shaped out. You know, you've got Disney Plus, you've got Netflix, you've got Warner Discovery. So Amazon has got to look at that and say, hey, we, we really need to up our game here so that we can become uh, a viable competitor. And, and I think for them, again, what's unique here, it's all about Prime all of the time. You know, Prime Video now surpassing 
200 million global subscribers that talk about the uh, engagement uh, going through the charts. As you know, they just uh, locked in NFL Sunday night package for the next decade, um, you know, at significantly uh, higher premium. So Jeff Bezos here is really trying to throw a lot of dollars uh, at content and, and make sure that these prime subscribers are going to, you know, keep on giving. And that's really what it comes down to for them. So we have Amazon stock today down, well, basically flat. It's at 32.41. Do you have a recommendation on the stock? Yes, we still have a buy at $4,000, 12-month target price. You know, this is a marathon, uh, Cisco, not a sprint. So ultimately, I think the winners are going to be those companies that demonstrate staying power uh, in this rapidly evolving landscape. And Amazon, as we know, e-commerce has been off the charts, accelerated by the pandemic. And this Hollywood uh, MGM acquisition is just another uh, another strategy that we, we think is going to make them even more compelling. Thanks so much, Tuna Amobi. Up next, United Airlines offers pilots cash for getting the COVID vaccine. Your daily transaction for useful information. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. A podcast of the Noon Business Hour, always available at WBBMnewsradio.com and the Odyssey app. Chicago-based United Airlines seeing a surge in passengers while it works to get its pilots vaccinated against the coronavirus. Joining us on the McGrath-Lexus business line, Joe Schwederman, Professor of Public Services, Director of the Chaddock Institute at DePaul. Joe, let's begin by talking about these vaccines. What is United doing to try to get the pilots vaccinated? Yeah, this is really quite a eye-popping story that they couldn't uh, reach an agreement to mandate uh, required uh, COVID testing by pilots, which is you know, uh, uh, caught up in labor negotiations, but they did find a way to create an incentive for pilots. And it's really a pretty remarkable thing that they can uh, get up to, uh, depending on seniority, between 1600 and about $4,000 for getting uh, that COVID test. Uh, we're all looking at that saying, boy, I wish, uh, <laughs> I wish our employers would offer that kind of incentive. Oh, yeah. Oh, I've already talked to my boss about it. Trust me. Uh, <laughs> so why can't they just mandate it? Why can't they just say, hey, you have to get it? You know, it gets into uh, what's in the contract, civil liberties. We know there's kind of divisive uh, attitude about COVID testing. And I suppose they could have pushed the matter, uh, given some of the public health uh, implications of being in, you know, in, in the flight deck on a, on a plane. But uh, they found the incentive approach was better. You know, pilots have been through a lot. Uh, they, the COVID period's been pretty tough for a lot of them. Uh, but, you know, United did avoid a lot of pilot furloughs. So they uh, haven't been too bad to the pilots, but uh, they're trying to move things forward with kind of a positive attitude. Yeah, and trying to keep those planes flying, right? I mean, you they, there's, they have this pilot shortage thing. I mean, they, they want to keep those men and women in the skies. That's exactly right. And uh, there's, uh, you know, things are running uh, uh, full tilt right now, and they don't need pilots, uh, uh, you know, retiring, taking vacation, whatever, right now. So these incentives, I think, really uh, set the tone that they appreciate their pilots. But, uh, you know, the dollar amounts are are pretty staggering. Yeah, so they want to keep the pilots in the skies because they have customers again. Uh, People are getting back to flying just about, not quite, but just about to to pre-pandemic levels. Uh, What's that doing to fares? Yeah, that's uh, really one of today's biggest stories. United's coming out saying that the tickets booked this month, actually, the yields, which is the price people pay per mile traveled, actually is above where it was in 2019. And that's, uh, you know, quite a transition from a few months ago. We've been looking at a lot of routes, too, and we're finding, uh, especially uh, in some of these short hop markets, uh, fares are really, you know, pretty high right now. And we're not even at summer yet. So it's, uh, 
It's uh, Scott Kirby, you might say, smiling right now, the United CEO. Sure is. Thanks so much. That's Joe Schwederman, Professor of Public Services, Director of the Chaddock Institute at DePaul. United Stock today up about 2.5% at 57.57. Still ahead, Travel Tuesday, hitting the road for fun and adventure in Illinois. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us. I'm Cisco Cotto. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. President Biden and Russian leader Vladimir Putin will meet in Switzerland next month. The U.S. makes a diplomatic move that extends a hand to Palestine. In Travel Tuesday, as you plan a summer road trip, you may want to consider the great state of Illinois. Is the Dow heading over the 37,000 mark? We'll ask a respected market observer. WBBM Business, the Dow today up 16 at 34,410. The NASDAQ up 17 and the S&P up one point. Oil is up about a third of a percent. Sunshine in Chicagoland, a few clouds and some scattered rain as we head to a high of 86 degrees. Right now it's 81 at O'Hare, 81 degrees along Chicago's lakefront. President Biden's meeting with Russia's Vladimir Putin will happen in Geneva, Switzerland on Wednesday, June 16th. More from CBS White House correspondent Stephen Portnoy. The White House says this much-anticipated summit is aimed at restoring predictability and stability in the U.S.-Russia relationship. There's much for the president to discuss with his Russian counterpart. Beyond recent hacking incidents and the imprisonment of opposition leader Alexei Navalny, there's the years-long campaign of Russian aggression on the border with Ukraine. That country is now asking to join NATO to benefit from the military protection the alliance promises to its members. Stephen Portnoy, CBS News. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken has announced the U.S. will reopen its consulate in Jerusalem, a move that restores ties with Palestinians that had been downgraded by the Trump administration. The consulate long served as an autonomous office in charge of diplomatic relations with the Palestinians, but the former president took away its operations when he moved the American embassy Lincoln did not give a precise date for reopening the consulate. Odyssey is your new home for all the audio that matters to you. Download the Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y, to listen to WBBM anytime. Making sense of your dollars. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. The Noon Business Hour presented by Republic Bank of Chicago. Let's look at the markets right now. The Dow up 6, NASDAQ up 13, and the S&P is flat. Brian Battle is here, Director at Performance Trust Capital Partners and Advisor at PT Asset Management. Uh, Brian, what's going on today? We're pretty much around the flat line. Yeah, Cisco. And I think it's all revolving around the three things that have driven the stock market so far since the pandemic. And let's remember, too, what happened last year was, you know, to say it's unprecedented is an understatement. You know, we closed a modern economy. So the coronavirus coronavirus didn't kill the economy. The quarantine did globally. So we're coming out of that and weird things happen. But the the three things that make the the stock market rally have been, one, that the economy is opening up again. And this thing's over and we're going to get back to normal. Two, what's making the stock market go up is there is so much cash in the sidelines from stimulus or really people didn't do anything last year. So they've got a bunch of pent up demand. So they, they want to go out and do stuff. And then the third condition that is making the stock market go up is that interest rates are really, really low. So we're getting a little vacillation here this week because the Federal Reserve last week said, you know, maybe we should think about raising rates sometime or we got to start talking about it. So that scared the market last week. But there's been a ton and it's at least six Fed governors since have been able to speak, you know, at, uh, give, at conferences and give comments and say, no, 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 we're not in any hurry. We're going to see how it goes. So there is inflation in the system, but they're going to be patient and not raise rates until they're sure it isn't 
and this is one of their favorite words, is transitory. They want to make, they think that there's going to be inflation, but it's only because so many people are out buying stuff today and that that will settle down. Now, is it a challenge for the Fed to, to sort of sit and wait, and then maybe by the time they realize it's not transitory, if indeed mm-hmm. it's not, it, it's too late. You know, the inflation's already, I don't want to say out of control, but it's already higher and beginning to impact the economy. Yeah, and so we are in different times, Cisco. That's right. It used to be the Federal Reserve, the old saying was, the Federal Reserve takes away the punch bowl just when the party gets started. So they used to be proactive. If they saw inflation, they would get in there and raise rates. This time, this Federal Reserve on Jerome Powell is very different. They said, we're going to wait. We're going to we're going to let rates run hot. You know, as the, uh, the one of their other favorite terms, we're going to let inflation run hot, and then because we believe it's transitory, we're going to wait. Is the genie going to be out of the bottle? Are they chasing the horse out of the barn? There is some um, fear that they they will, will act too late, and that's a real fear because the Fed's never had this "we'll, we'll wait and see" uh, position before, and so I think that would be the thing that would threaten the stock market the most is if the Federal Reserve said, "Hey, we're going to raise rates," and that and from an unbelievably low level right now. The 10-year Treasury note is about a 1.5% back in 2019, way back in 2019, back in the the old days, the 10-year was just a little over 180, maybe 190. So we're kind of getting back to maybe more normal rate uh, structure, but the Federal Reserve is definitely in danger of being being behind the curve on that one. So when it comes to uh, stocks that are actually doing well today, in spite of the market being flat, uh, you got some of those travel stocks, right? Airlines and cruise lines feeling like, hey, maybe there's some normalcy on the way. Yeah, and so those are the sectors that were hurt the most because you remember during the pandemic, there's people couldn't do anything. So you and I didn't buy, t- uh, you know, Fords and Chevys. So there's pent up demand. We'll go out and do that now. But there is actual demand destruction in tourism, travel, and entertainment. You know, you can't you can't book that flight from a year ago. That just, that's gone. So there is going to be a surge in those categories. And fulfilling our first condition is that the economy is opening up again. So those those stocks will rally. But we have to, you know take a pause. So far this year, the S&P is up almost 11 and three quarters percent. It's been a spectacular year. It's not even June yet. So that Dow, you know, is a smaller index is up 12 percent. So we've, we've had an unbelievably good run. There seems to be all this good news baked into the into the system. But um, we've never done this before. And comparisons to last year are impossible, you know, because last year American Airlines had no revenue. You know, so to compare this quarter to last quarter a year ago is going to be very, very difficult. So the, the market's going to be uh, trying to get through all those details in, an, in a period that's been unprecedented. Remember, the quarantine was unprecedented and leaving a quarantine will also be unprecedented. Thanks so much. Great insight as always from Brian Battle, Director at Performance Trust Capital Partners, Advisor at PT Asset Management. A deposit for your future. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's Travel Tuesday on the Noon Business Hour. The road trip remains a safe and viable option, even as conditions in the pandemic improve. There are places in Illinois that you may not have yet explored. Let's find out about some of them. Joining us on the McGrath-Lexus Business Line, Carla Flannery, Deputy Director at the Illinois Office of Tourism. Uh, Carla, let's begin with outdoor spots, okay? If people want to go, and and maybe they're not totally wanting to be away from people, but they do want to be outdoors, are there any options there? Absolutely. We've recommended, we've developed over 60 itineraries that you can find on our website, enjoyillinois.com. And one of my favorite outdoor adventures is Destination Shawnee. There's so many outdoor adventures to be discovered in southern Illinois. Uh, you can marvel at the views of uh, at the Garden of the Gods. You can go horseback riding, canoe, 
writing and um, and at the end of the day you can sit back relax and enjoy and drink wine at one of our 11 award-winning wineries along the Shawnee Hills Wine Trail. So those are different options for different people. I love uh, going along Route 66. Anything we can do there? Well, that's absolutely a must. Of course, if you're in Illinois, you have to visit Route 66. And um, we um, it's, a, it's a really nostalgic road with full of history. It actually starts in Chicago. And if you head down uh, to um, um, from Chicago to Galena, you can stop for a picture at the Gemini Giant in Wilmington and the Route 66 mural in Pontiac. Then you can head out to... Um, to uh, uh, Springfield, uh, where you can grab a corn dog at the Cozy Dog, which is actually the original corn dog on a stick, and learn all about Abraham Lincoln and his his entire legacy. You know, what I love about some of those driving trips, whether it's Route 66 or otherwise, is it really shows you the diversity, the geographical diversity of the state of Illinois. A lot of us think of the city or, or maybe just cornfields, but there really are rolling hills, you know, a lot of beauty in Illinois. Well, that's why we designed these over 60 itineraries that you can find on enjoyillinois.com to make sure that we are really covering all the regions of the state and showcasing all our diverse communities and making sure that we can offer something for any demographic or age. Uh, We actually, you can sort them through family fun, whatever experience you're looking for, whether it's architecture, arts, culture, and history, and outdoor adventure, or even some of them are visiting places that are a little bit off the beaten path in Illinois. Really good stuff. I know a lot of people looking to avoid air travel, even as things get better pandemic-wise. And so there are lots of ways you can drive and still enjoy a weekend away. Carla Flannery, Deputy Director of the Illinois Office of Tourism. That is Travel Tuesday. This time tomorrow, Personal Finance Wednesday. And still to come today, will the Dow soar to 37,000? It's at 34,000 now. We'll check in with longtime market analyst Mark Hulbert. You're listening to the WB. BBM Noon Business Hour. The Dow today, 34,383. Is there a chance that there could be a summer rally that pushes it above 37,000? Let's check in with Mark Hulbert, investment columnist for the Wall Street Journal, Barron's, and MarketWatch.com. Uh, Mark, certainly a, a lot of investors would love that. Is it possible to get that kind of a rally? It is possible, but I have to confess right out of the starting gate that by mentioning uh, that 37,000 number is really a bait and switch because I, I don't think anyone should, should necessarily bet on it. What I did to come up with that number is look at the uh, highest point in the summer of each year since the Dow was created basically 120 years ago. So I looked at that highest point. We don't know in advance where that will be, of course, and compared it to where uh, it stood at the end of May. And it turns out the average increase was that uh, 7 point whatever percent it was that would have taken the Dow up to around 37,000. But of course, that's an average. And there are many years in which it didn't get that far. In fact, there were some years in which the highest point of the summer was where the Dow stood at the end of May. It went down almost straight away after that. So basically, the reason to even bring all this up is to throw some cold water on on a myth that you hear a lot on Wall Street these days is they talk about a summer rally. And I don't think there's any statistical validity to it. Of course, the market will rally this summer, but the market will also decline. And that's true for any time of year. Yeah, that's why it's always so important. Just fundamentals. I know it's boring, but the fundamentals when it comes to investing. Uh, And yet you have this, as you mentioned, this concept of a summer rally. A lot of people really bank on it. I mean, where, where does that come from? 
Well, that's a great question. I have tried to investigate when I, the first time I ever saw it mentioned in any uh, any uh, Wall Street literature, and I never came up with a definitive answer. It's obviously a long time ago. I have a hunch, though, and that hunch is that at about the same time that people started talking about the sell in May and go away uh, seasonal pattern. That's the pattern that says that the six months between May 1 and Halloween are some of the weakest time of the year. And so that led to this notion that maybe you just sell, go to cash and go away for six months. Well, that's not something that Wall Street's going to take very kindly to because they get their commission income when we undertake transactions. And so with a summer rally, you uh, give people a reason to stick around and play the game, even if the, the market overall is weak. And I think that may be where it came from. Interesting that uh, you, you have so many so many trading houses now that they're, they're not charging commissions for most transactions. I wonder if going forward five, ten years down the road, we'll have data to see how that's shifted investing. Well, yeah, it's a great question, though. You, the thing we always have to remember about these uh, brokerage uh, brokerage houses that uh, give free trading, it's not really free. They just make their money elsewhere. There's what's known as a bid and an ask at which every stock trades. Just the same way that when you buy a new car and take it off the lot and drive back in, you're going to have a spread between what you've paid and what you'll get back. And that spread is in existence for all stocks. And that's, it turns out, where a lot of brokers make their money these days. Really fascinating stuff. Thank you. Always good to talk with Mark Holbert, investment columnist for The Wall Street Journal, Barron's and MarketWatch.com. You'll find past programs and later today a podcast of this hour at WBBMNewsRadio.com and the Odyssey app. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 